Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and since it's a Saturday show, I'm here with Sarah. Hi, everybody. The sun is out. Yes. It was not earlier. It was not. Wow. We have had so much rain. I know. But we're getting a little bit of a fall day today. It's beautiful. It is so nice. It'd be fun to record outside, but probably people wouldn't appreciate that. Yeah, there'd be a lot of noise, I think. I think so. Yeah. So I'm excited about today's giveaway. We give away something every single Saturday. You, I don't think, have tried this yet. I haven't. So for Sigmatic, who when we talk about them, normally we're talking about their coffee or their cocoa or their turmeric lattes. Every fall, winter season, they do a mushroom chocolate bar. And I know that's, I don't like mushrooms. You don't like mushrooms, do you? I actually do. You do? Yes. Do you have a favorite kind of mushroom? Uh, I haven't tried a lot. Portobello is probably my favorite. I just, I, I don't, there's just something about, I think it's a combination of flavor and texture, probably mostly texture mm-hmm. that I just can't get on with. But in the chocolate, you don't taste the mushrooms. Yeah. You just taste the chocolate because nobody wants mushroom taste in their coffee, but you don't taste it. Anyway, so everybody wants a reason to eat chocolate, right? Yes, and do. we all know dark chocolate is rich in antioxidants, but we, we give ourselves 10 more reasons with this Four Sigmatic chocolate bar because it has 10 different chocolate extracts in it, a total of about, I think, 780 milligrams of mushroom extracts that are good for things like Reishi helps you relax. Um, Chaga is a really powerful antioxidant. Cordyceps is great for uh, performance, athletic performance. Lion's mane is what they put in their coffee for focus. So there's skin health benefits and all sorts of other stuff. And they pack this into a chocolate bar. That sounds wonderful. Right? Dark chocolate, high quality dark chocolate, but they only put this out once a year, which might just be for like shipping reasons. Cause I'm like, why wouldn't you do this all year round? Uh, but I think it's probably shipping chocolate. Makes sense. Yeah. And they tend to sell out pretty quickly. So I ordered a bunch cause you I, did? I said this on a recent podcast. I was saying that, um, I thought it would make really pretty like favors on a Thanksgiving table setting, oh. you know, because it's like this beautiful brown packaging and it's very fall, but also stocking stuffers yeah. and things like that. Just like a cool different twist on chocolate that you really feel like you should eat because it's yeah, like good for you. Benefits. Yeah. Are they here right now? No. Okay. They have <laughs> not arrived yet. I know I would totally break one open, um, but I'm going to give one of my own bars because I know they sell out really quickly of my own stash to today's winner, which we will announce at the end. We give something away every Saturday. It's really easy to win. Three ways to win. You can do all three, and then you have three chances. The first is to leave a rating and review of this podcast on Apple Podcast. The second is to leave a rating and review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon.com. 
And the third is to post on Facebook or Instagram. Very simply, an episode that you love, share it, tag me, and you're entered to win. And we pick somebody and announce it at the end of the show every single Saturday, and you get a chocolate bar. No matter where you are in the world, we'll send it to you. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to try them. And if you don't win, you can get it to make sure, though, because these, you know, hey, you start making chocolate extra, extra healthy. It's more than a Hershey bar, right? It's affordable, but it's more than a Hershey bar. But you can save 15% when you use the code PRIMAL. So you only get that discount if you use that code and you shop through foursigmatic.com. F-O-U-R Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com. Use the coupon code PRIMAL. I'll also link that up in the show notes. PRIMALPOTENTIAL.com forward slash six seven. Six. That's today's episode. Six, seven, six. All right. We got questions. We do. Let's start with the first one. All right. What is the one book that had the biggest impact on you this year? Hmm. That's so tough because I don't even remember all the books I read this year. No, you read a lot. I do. I love to read. I have two books that just came in the mail um, this week that I'm very, very excited to dive into. And whenever somebody asks me this question, I always think, that the book that's just most prominent in my mind is going to come up as the answer. And if you ask me next week, it might be a totally different answer. So actually, before I give you the two things I thought of right off the bat, um, let me pull up my Audible because I'm looking right now at my bookcase, which helps. But um, what I don't have is, oh yeah, that was really good. My All my Audible. <sighs> I'm looking at my Audible now and I, I don't see like, favorite, favorite, favorites in there. Um, But what has had an impact on me most recently is the book that I'm actually reading with my master's club, which is a Ryan Holiday book called Stillness is the Key. You've probably heard me mention Ryan Holiday before. He wrote... um, Uh, the obstacle is the way and ego is the enemy. He's big into like classical stoic philosophy, which I love. The reason that stillness is the key has had a big impact on me is because we all know that we probably should slow down a little bit and that we should um, have a little bit more margin or more breathing room in our lives, especially for the things that matter. And it's not good to feel like you're just rushing through your life because life is really, really short. The cool thing about Ryan Holiday's book is He doesn't just say like, chill out, relax, make time for yourself, have fun, which they're just platitudes we all hear all the time. He actually makes a case for how we're actually smarter and more productive and more successful when we do that. And one of the things I love about his writing style is he uses a lot of really cool examples from history to prove these points. And I'm, I've am i never been a big history person. Were you into history in school? No, not yeah. at the time. What were your subjects? Like favorites? Uh-huh. Um, I love journalism and like art. Mm, I mean, sense. not really a subject at yeah. all. <laughs> That makes sense. I was never into history and I and I was saying to the boyfriend the other day, because he's really into like history and that sort of stuff. I said, I don't think they taught it well. You know, uh-huh. it was just like yeah. dry and it didn't seem relevant. It's so boring. Yeah. Like it just, what does this have to do with me today? How, right. how does this impact my life today? And as a kid, I just didn't have an appreciation for it, which is why I think I have such a huge appreciation for for Ryan Holiday's style. And it's not just the way he writes in Stillness is the Key, but his other books he proves how and why we'll be more successful through examples of successful people in history 
if we create more margin, if we stop, you know, rushing through our lives. Um, and it, and it makes it, it makes me more likely to do something about it when I really see and feel the benefit as opposed to, yeah, 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 I know I should do that. So I'd have to say that one, which is a little unfair because I'm going through it with my master's club right now. And I know there's, you know, nine months of other books. Um, I did reread Atomic Habits with my master's club uh, in the last year, but we had done that over a year ago when it first came out. And that book continues to have a, a big impact on me. But is there anything you've read that's had a big impact on you? Yes. And I cannot recall the name of the book right now, which is awful, but it's the one you gave me for Christmas. Was it The Please. Four Agreements? No, which I loved also. Um, gosh, this is awful. Oh, was it a, a Jen Sincero book? Nope. Gosh, I don't even remember what I gave you. Huh. It might come to me. Do anyway. you remember what it's about? Yes. It is about that um, college student who interviewed... Oh, it was, um, I'm like scanning for it right now because that's what we did with the Master's Club last month, The Third Door. Yes, thank you. I knew it had something to do with The Door. Yes, The Third Door by Alex Benayan. Yes, I loved that. Yeah, like everything is possible. Absolutely. Isn't it, didn't you read that book thinking like, is this real? Yes. But it was. I immediately was recommending it to people. I know. That's a fantastic book. Yes. Yeah, I think that might be a 2019 book for me. Because he spoke at my mastermind. So yeah, that would be another one for me that was just really impactful. That's a fantastic book. I'm glad I asked you that. Okay. Okay. We got another question. Do you have advice on how to help my teen daughter who is struggling with her weight? I want to acknowledge that she doesn't feel good in her skin, but also teach her to love herself. I want to tell her she is incredible and beautiful just as she is, but also guide her in ways that she feels in control of her eating choices and nutrition. Somebody emailed me this this question with some backstory about their own kind of sorted dieting history and then um, some things that, that their teenage daughter was struggling with and then basically said, have you done episodes on this in the past? And while, yes, I have, I wanted to touch on it again, but I'll first say this. Um, most of you who have been listening for a while know that my weight was like center point in my house growing up. My whole life, it was just like always a topic of conversation, always a concern. Every single meal, it was like, it was a thing for my whole life. Uh, And my mom and I talk about this in episode 204, way back when, episode 204 of the podcast. And then people kept saying like, how did you guys as a family get through this and change and evolve? Because my older sister is like tall and thin and never had a weight problem. But she also witnessed my struggle with my weight and my struggle with my mom over my weight. And we talked about it, the three of us, me, my mom, and my sister in episode 487. So if you're looking for my thoughts and perspectives on overweight kids and that dynamic with their parents, episodes 204 and 487 are probably great places to start. My mom and I talk about this a lot. Um, I mean, not a lot, but, but fairly often, I would say a few times a year, because this was such a huge struggle in my life, not just while I was living at home, but I carried it with me when I left home, the judgment and the sense of shame and not being good enough and all of that kind of stuff. And we've had many conversations, including several since I found out I was pregnant, 
and I have a daughter of my own about what she wishes she did differently and what she would do differently if she could go back now and how I would handle this with my own kid. And the biggest thing is something my clients hear me say all the time, and that is be a lighthouse. It is so much less about what you say to your children about food, about health, about body weight or anything like that than what they, than it is about what they witness in you, you know? Um, if you have your own work to do, and I don't really know many people who don't have their own work to do, the number one thing that's going to influence the way your children feel about food, the way your children feel about their bodies, the way your children feel about health is what they witness from you and what your actions tell them about how you feel about food and about weight and about health, you know? When I say be a lighthouse, um, there's a there's a quote from Anne Lamott. She's not in any way talking about like kids or health or anything like that, but she talks about how lighthouses do not save people by getting in the water, going to the ship, and dragging it in, right? And yet lighthouses save people probably every day somewhere in the world. A lighthouse being that bright beacon saves somebody or multiple somebodies. And they do that by being a light so bright that others are drawn to it. So I think the best thing that you can do for a child who's struggling with their weight is be a bright beacon of light that they're drawn to as an example of what it means to treat your body well and to eat foods you love that love you back and to not turn to food for anything other than hunger, right? Food is not a stress reliever. That is not the example that we want to set if we want our kids to have a really healthy relationship with food. Be a lighthouse. The second thing, you know, if you have a kid who's, who's verbally expressing that they're unhappy with their weight, know that you are not an expert, right? Just because we're parents does not mean we're equipped to, you know, like if, you're, if your kid needed therapy, for example, just because you're a parent does not mean you're a qualified therapist. And if you have a child who is expressing that they really want help with food or with their weight, unless you're truly an expert in that, then I think it's something you leave to the experts. Your job is to be an example. Your job, truly, truly, that's where most people will have the biggest impact. Get your own priorities in order and your own example in order in terms of how you treat your body and how you interact with food and how you talk about it and your relationship with physical fitness and all of those kinds of things. And then if you have a sense that your kid is really looking for help, check yourself to say, am I the best person to provide help here? No different than, you know, if your kid needs a German tutor, are you an expert in German? Just because you're a parent and you can sit down beside them as they struggle doesn't mean you're the person qualified for that. So I think those are a couple important things to to keep in mind. This next question says, why do my addictions transfer? When I have my eating habits squared away, my finances really get out of control. When I rein in my finances, my addiction to exercise spikes. I don't think that this is so much about your addictions transferring as it is about uh, a sign to you that you haven't gotten to the root issue. You know, if you 
just just defer from one thing to another. Like I'm going to cut out sugar and now I'm drinking a bottle of vodka every night. <laughs> it's not that your addiction transferred. It's that you didn't solve the real issue, that you didn't get to the root problem. So what I really try to do with my clients and the reason that we work so much on awareness for like weeks and weeks, we want to know what's going on. Why is it that you're turning to this thing? whether it is food or it's spending money or it's exercise. What is it that you are looking to feel or have or be when you turn to this thing? That's what we really have to explore. This to me is a sign that there's something going on beneath the surface that you haven't addressed. And I can't tell you based on just this question what that is. But what where I start with my clients is, paying attention and asking questions, right? Chasing Cupcakes is a great resource to begin with to start asking questions, to understand what's going on, to understand what your needs are, to understand what your thoughts are driving you towards. And if there's some incomplete thinking or some partial truths that you're just deferring to because they're familiar and comfortable, what is it that you really want? What do you want to feel? There's obviously something that you are getting from eating however you're eating or spending however you're spending or exercising the way you're choosing to exercise, we've got to really look at that to understand what the need is and then what is the most effective way to meet this need. Your addictions aren't transferring at all. There's the same exact root problem. There's not a new root problem. That's what we really have to do. I think journaling and asking questions is a great way to do this. I use the identity journal and a lot of questions with my clients. Um, But you can start journaling and you can start asking the questions and chasing cupcakes. But beginning with, what is this giving me? What am I looking for? What do I feel like I need more of in my life? That's what I think. How do you let go of loved ones? This is one of those questions where I'm like, I'm not a relationship expert, you know, um, I've lost a lot of people in my life that I've loved to, to death and, and to other things as well. Here's my sense with that strong disclaimer that I am not a relationship expert. I don't think you do. I don't think you do let go of loved ones. You know, um, one of the top two biggest losses in my life was my dad. Um, he died in a car accident. I haven't let him go. I will never let him go. I don't want to. And I don't even think you let go of grief. It just changes. And you change. And your relationship to it changes. And so it feels different over time. Now, this is just my experience, right? Again, no expertise here in the in the area of grief or relationships. But I don't want to, even, even my former husband, I, I don't think I've let go of him because he I didn't have him to begin with, right? We were in a relationship and now we're not, but he's still somebody I think about. He's still somebody I care about. He's still somebody I pray for. I still think about the time we had together, just like I still think about and pray about my dad. And I think about, you know, times we had together and things we didn't have together So to me, it's about how do I live my life the best way I can, no matter how I'm feeling, and that includes grief. So how do I take great care of myself and live my best life 
with grief, how do I take great care of myself and live my best life with anger or with frustration or with stress or with joy or whatever it is? To me, it's not letting go of anything. It's just making sure that you're still living life on your own terms. And that actually goes back to the same question as the last one about addictions transferring. Are you really looking at your own thought processes? Are you catching yourself when you're in a way of thought that doesn't serve you? Are you fixating on what you don't have instead of on what you do have? And it doesn't mean we forget or we move on. Like I still think about and talk about wishing my dad was here for so many things, right? I've talked on the podcast about so many times in this in this home renovation project, I've, I've wished for his guidance or his expertise or anything like that. But I don't dwell in what I don't have because I can counterbalance, right? Life is about paradox. I can counterbalance what I don't have and what I do have. It doesn't mean I only focus on what I do have. It's both. I acknowledge and I miss and I mourn what I don't have and also I'm excited about where I'm going. I'm excited about what's next in life. And I'm grateful for what I do have. And when you accept that, that there will be grief and also celebration simultaneously. They're not mutually exclusive. When you accept that there can be longing and releasing at the same time. And what I mean by that is I can long for my dad. And I can also accept the fact that he's not here and that that's reality and that I can have a wonderful life even without my dad, right? These things go together. They don't compete. So to get back to the the crux of the question, how do you let go of loved ones? I don't think you do. You know? That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you do. How do I become more action-oriented and not just a dreamer? I feel like all of my... All of my thoughts are going to the same place today. And I don't know if it's a reflection of the questions or just a reflection of my own style. Um, This is what we use the identity journal for in the 12 weeks because it prompts us every day to say, what am I going to do to create the life I want, right? It is the bridge between our goals and our aspirations and our wishes and our hopes and what we do about it every day. Because we're asking ourselves, like, how do I show up today in a way that helps me create what I want? How do I put this challenge that I'm working on into action today? I really do think it's that simple. If you wonder this, how do I become more action-oriented? Well, what are some of the actions you want to take, right? What are some of the things you wish you were more consistent with? And what are you going to do about them today? What are you going to do with them today? It really, truly is that simple. And... I'm all for dreaming, right? I think that the dreaming and the the visualizing and the aspirations are are huge. And they should be followed up with the question, what am I going to do about this in the next 24 hours? What am I going to do about this in the next 24 minutes? You know, we can always ask ourselves that question. And, and I really believe strongly that our lives are a reflection of the quality of the questions we ask ourselves, the frequency with which we ask, and the honesty with which we answer. So if you are regularly asking yourself, 
How can I put this into action today? What can I do with this today? How can I move this forward today? You're going to, over time, build this habit of action. And it truly, truly, truly is that simple. One of my one of my clients shared something in the Facebook group today or yesterday, and it said like, um, change, what did it say? Change is inevitable, progress is optional. Isn't That's that good? good, yeah. Yeah. Everything around us is going to change from our motivation to our circumstances, to our energy levels, to our age, to our hormones and everything else. But progress is something we choose. So this could be as simple as what will I do to create progress towards a particular outcome today? What will I do in the next hour to create progress in my life? And I just recommend asking those questions again and again and again and again and again. I ask myself those questions like 50 times a day. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> what am I going to, especially when you're like feeling like you're in a funk or there's so much going on. It's very tempting to get looped into the problem. Oh my gosh, this sucks. This is awful. Blah, blah, blah. What can I do to make progress? You know, even just earlier today, I said to Sarah, God, this is one of those days where I feel like all I've done is work and yet I've gotten nothing done. (laughs) So then my next note to myself in my journal was, what one thing if I got it done today would I feel really productive about? Then I was like, okay, let's go. Let's do that thing. We always have the ability to ask a very simple question that directs us to action. And I think that's the difference between people who take action and people who don't. You've gotten me into the habit of writing so much more than I ever used to, too. And even like last night, I was thinking I I, I was thinking about all the things I needed to get done. But mm-hmm. like you said, which wasn't like progressing, wasn't actually doing them. And I just got a piece of paper and just wrote down everything. And um, it was helpful to see it and know which things I can do like yeah. in the next 10 minutes. Absolutely. Because otherwise it's easy to just loop in your mind and then create overwhelm and stress and it's unnecessary. Totally. And when we, it's like you're just looping and you do, 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 do. And you, you cut right through it when you say, so what am I going to do about it now? Right. It just, it immediately ends the looping and the insanity. What am I going to do about it right now? Yes. And I just think that's just a, a powerful thing. I do too. All right. Last question here. What do you do if you have food sensitivities? I can't eat eggs or avocados and a few other things right now. I mean, my vote here is just don't eat those things, right? I mean, and and I'm not trying to be like cavalier or dismissive or anything like that. But okay, you can't eat eggs and avocados and a few other things. Well, that leaves you with like 17 billion other options, you know? Obviously, we can eat foods to which we're sensitive. For example, if you find out you're sensitive to eggs and you eat eggs in something four times a day, well, you could cut it down to two times a day, right? So improvement is an option. Avoidance is an option. But no matter what it is that we can't eat, there's always way more that we can eat. And so one of the things that's really interesting that I've learned about the microbiome is that our food sensitivities change over time. So I learned that I had a sensitivity to um, oxalates. So spinach is high in oxalates um, and a couple other things. Well, the reason I had that sensitivity is because I didn't have enough of the bacteria in my body that metabolizes those oxalates. And so because of that bacterial imbalance, I wasn't able to properly digest things with high amounts of oxalates. Well, so I avoided them. And I worked really hard on my microbiome. And wouldn't you know, now I don't have a sensitivity to those things. And I can feel that. Um, 
in like my fingers when I eat something and like my hands get tight. Um, do you ever have that happen? Like your hands get tight? No. Oh, that's so weird. It happens with exercise, just dehydration or whatever sometimes for me. But if I eat something to which I'm sensitive, for me personally, and everybody's different, I feel it in my hands first, just like um, uh, a lack of detoxification, like a, t- a toxic buildup. Um, and I can my my I can't like clasp my fingers together as easily. Um, so I could tell that way. Some people can tell with acne. Some people can tell because their headaches improve. Some people can tell um, because they're no longer bloated or they're no longer constipated. But then there's also food sensitivity testing that you can do. And sometimes I play around with that just because I have a podcast. I probably wouldn't spend the money on it um, if I didn't, you know, be, I wasn't looking for like content, you know what I mean? Things to, to talk about my experience with. Um, but change your microbiome, change your food intolerances. So the bottom line here is with food sensitivities, you get to choose. Do you want to just dial it down and see if you feel an improvement or cut it out altogether? Really work on healing your gut, really work on healing your microbiome, and then after a few months, add it back in one at a time and see what happens. But we've got a lot of autonomy when it comes to that kind of stuff. We have a winner. We do. And they win a chocolate bar. I know. I'm really excited for, for this person. Um, so what will happen is I'll, I'll say this person's uh, Instagram handle because today's winner is from Instagram. And then all you have to do is email Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at primalpotential.com. If this is you, you've got 60 days to email her to claim your prize. After that, we eat your chocolate. Um, <laughs> totally true. And you might be pushing it. I would get under that 30-day mark if I were you. And we will put it in the mail to you. Today's winner is at Ashley Cluft, K-L-U-F-T, Ashley with an L-E-Y. At Ashley Cluft is the winner for the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Chocolate Bar. For all of the rest of you who are bummed that you didn't win, just go to foursigmatic.com forward slash primal. If they haven't sold out, you can find it there. Use the coupon code primal to save 15% and you will get yours too. And don't worry, I'll link that up in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 676. What are you doing this weekend? It is my nephew's first birthday uh, this weekend, so we're having a little party. Oh. Yeah, I know. That went by fast. No kidding. I know. So fast. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Oh, that makes me nervous. Yeah. The time flies. I know. Holy crap. What are you doing? Um, I am going to a book launch for Gabby Bernstein's new book with my sister. Fun. Yeah, and then I'm flying to California. Oh, yes. Yeah. So full weekends. Definitely. I've got a webinar with my master's club, and then I'm going to rush up to Boston to spend a little bit of time with my sister and go to the book launch, and then I'm headed to California for five days. Bring back some sunshine and warm weather. I know. Please. I know. I know. Well, while I'm gone, hustle up on the house progress. Oh, sure. You? Can yeah. you crack the whip for everybody around here? Totally. So I come back, and I'm like, oh, my God. So much has been done. House is done. Absolutely. That would be be awesome. All right, everybody. We'll be back next Saturday. If you've got questions, send them in primalpotential.com forward slash inbox, or you can join our Primal Potential Facebook page. And uh, a lot of people put questions in there that we grab for these shows. Hope you guys have an awesome day, and we will talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.